we've also not heard from this guy in quite a while. Andrew Pyle, our resident economist, is on the line. Andrew is from Scotia Wealth Management, the Pyle Group. Andrew, great to talk to you again. And what a summer it's been. Oh, yeah. Good morning, John. It's great to be back as well. Uh, it's been a, yeah, it's been quite the summer. Uh, well, I mean, it's been a great summer here, heat, heat-wise, but it's been a pretty amazing summer, I would say, for the markets. Um, you know, we, we, we came into the summer with a, with a fair, fairly large dose of suspicion as to what could happen with respect to the virus. And what's really interesting, I find, is that we have seen cases of the virus go up in numerous regions of the world, obviously including the states, and but we did not get the reaction in the markets that a lot of people thought. In fact, the markets have gone higher. So here we are this morning looking at a Toronto stock exchange of around 16,500. That's only down about 3% since the beginning of the year. Uh, and an S&P 500 in the States, which is literally up 4.4% since the beginning of the year. Um, so people would just say, what pandemic at this stage? Right, but that's not necessarily the case everywhere around the world like the asian markets aren't doing the best no asian markets are not doing as great mel um look at europe for example i mean the european stock market the benchmark index that we look at there it's still down 11 percent since the beginning of the year and what i find really interesting about that mel is that if you look at you know virus statistics and, and where you would have expected the biggest hit to the economy yeah. from this you know so-called second wave you think it would be in the states because Europe's numbers have not been traumatic. I know we're dealing with issues in Spain and now France, but overall not as horrific as what we've seen, say, in Texas or Florida or uh, California. Um, yet you're absolutely right. Markets are not doing that well. Why are we seeing the markets doing well in the States, despite the fact that their battle against Corona is not going as well? Is it because there are some people who are profiting from this and, and folks are investing there? Well, I think what we're seeing a couple of things, John, is one, a belief in the market, uh, and I'm not saying this belief is misplaced, that you know authorities are going to do everything it takes to insulate the market from further uh, damage from the pandemic. So that would include you know government spending money, stimulating the economy, um, even though we're dealing with a major uh, not a major crisis, but obviously a holdup in the states with respect to getting another round of support. Um, there's, you know, obviously massive debates in Washington as to what the next package will look like. But in general, the world believes that governments are going to keep spending to keep the economy afloat. So therefore, why would I sell my stocks? The other part of that uh, is what central banks are doing and basically maintaining this incredible amount of liquidity in the system and driving interest rates uh, low to levels, uh, and again, we talked about this on Friday, where a lot of investors now have no choice but really to venture out into the stock market because they're not getting interest rates on the safe things that they used to buy years and years ago. Interesting. So do you think we're going to have more Canadians at risk? Well, I think this is something we just need to be aware of because... Mm -hmm. You know, give you an example. Back in the old days, if someone said to you, um, you know, John and Mel, how much do you, how much of my portfolio or my RSP do you think I should have in the stock market? One useful way of answering that question would be to say, well, well how old are you? And the person would say, well, I'm 70 years old. And, and what we used to do in the old days, say, okay, well, take their age, subtract it from 100, 
And what you're left with maybe is a suitable amount of money on the stock market. In fact, that person would have, say, 30% of their money in the stock market. And that would be fine because that 70-year-old, the other pot of their money or the other chunk of their money will be safe. probably going into GICs that right. were paying 4 or 5%. And they could live on that. Inflation was 2 or 3%, and that's fine. Now we have GICs at 1%. And that 70-year-old may not be able to make ends meet by following that same advice that you and Mel would have given them you know, years ago. So I think we're, we've got to be careful about this because we may find that 70-year-old now is going to feel compelled to put like half the money in the stock market just to get a better return, which might happen. But as we saw in March, when we get spikes of volatility, the opposite happens and you can lose 35% of a chunk of money that's in the stock market. So it's something I think that economists and analysts and advisors are going to have to really study carefully as we go through because I don't see this changing. I don't see interest rates uh, jumping back up to 4 to 5% anytime soon. So we're going to live in this world for a while and it could affect people's decisions. Andrew, people want more information on this and uh, anything we talked about this morning. Where should they go? Well, they can go to our website, John, at pilegroup.ca. Uh, and on that website, they'll find all of our contact information if they ever have any questions, but they'll find links to our research and they'll see links to our newsletter. And we continue to do our bi-weekly conference call every Wednesday night uh, or every other Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. So they'll find information on that as well. Andrew, great to have you with us here in Talk to the Town. It was great being back, guys. You have a fantastic week.